welcome to the Optimalist Podcast, where we have set out to examine the higher order capabilities we need to build an optimal future with AI. I am Sarah, your host through this exploration of attention, creativity, motivation, mindfulness, curiosity, and more. All elements of human flourishing. So let's figure out together how we can cultivate them. Today, we are trying an experiment here at The Optimalist. This is the first ever solo episode of the show. I thought it would be interesting to start verbalizing some of the deeper, bigger concepts that we're discussing and writing about behind the scenes and right here in public at The Optimalist, ones that are informing the decisions that we make about how to best build Engageable and other new tools that we are introducing and developing at Swivel. So today I'm bringing you an audio interpretation of our current discussion from this week's Substack newsletter, which was just published very early this morning. If you're a subscriber, it would have been in your inbox um, already today. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, you can go to theoptimalist.substack.com to subscribe now. And uh, it'll also be in our show notes at the end. But I thought we would have an audio interpretation of this discussion from the newsletter this week, a discussion which is on existing models of education and how we can reorder them in the name of teacher overwhelm and AI adaptability, both which kind of go together now. I don't think we can talk about um, either of them without mentioning the other at this point. This week, we're talking about how to best handle the scope of the job of being an educator now and as it is rapidly continuing to shift. All of this and more on today's Optimalist. Today, let's talk about scope creep. What is it? And how can we do some reordering of our higher order thinking and skills and consider the question of what to automate in education. A term often used in engineering when a project increases in scope as it progresses is scope creep. This is how the big dig in Boston came in five times over the original estimates and why the high-speed rail between San Francisco and Los Angeles will likely never come to fruition. These are spectacular examples of how good we have gotten at scope creep as a society. They underscore why it's so hard to build anything these days. Our scope creep isn't just contained to building things, though. Over the last few decades, the job of teaching has had its own version of scope creep, evolving standards, more and more testing, accelerating grading and assessment, growing class sizes, emergent behavioral challenges due to societal and technological change, COVID, all of this has increased the scope of being a teacher, and not by a little. It was always a hard job, but now it is a really hard job. Some say that it is now an unsustainable job, and so it's logical and even desired to look at AI as a way to automate some aspects of teaching. More than anything, teachers need to save time, especially on what you could consider busy work, paperwork, grading, etc., AI is arriving at exactly the same time that we really need the help the most. And this is why we're advocating for teacher adaptability as this opportunity arrives. It's why we advocate for tools that do this and why we're developing our own tools to help motivate change through community and reflection. 
For teaching to be the thriving profession that we need it to be, we need to start adapting the job with AI with some urgency now. But this isn't the only reason either. AI unfortunately brings its own version of scope creep with it to the job of teaching. How it does this is only starting to emerge. In one respect, it would seem that AI compensates for people's differences in cognitive ability, and there have been minimal impacts on jobs so far. That would almost imply the bar could be lowered in education, but this is likely only because the agenic aspects of AI have yet come to fruition, and that probably isn't too far away. It already demonstrates some of these capabilities, so it's just a matter of tuning or packaging before its impacts are felt at some level. So for future generations to have agency, job prospects, and to participate in society constructively, educators need to aim higher than ever. We've been breaking down what this means in our last few posts in our newsletter and blog at the Optimalist Substack in the context of writing, creativity, and curiosity, all of which can be found linked at the bottom of this episode or in the show notes of this post. So now we're going to do it again in the context of some of the more familiar models educators know and leverage most. Let's start with reordering. Bloom's taxonomy is a good place to start. It's the OG of higher order thinking, or as educators have come to call it, HOTS. As with all models, it has its flaws worthy of critique, but it's still been a highly useful one especially in recent years, as a way to explain how to respond to the threat of job automation. It provided a clear path to explain where to aim skill development on the assumption automation could only do repetitive, knowledge-based things. But of course, now we know that assumption was wrong, and all of what Bloom's taxonomy outlines is able to be automated. AI can create analyze, and evaluate well beyond average humans already. Some additions to Bloom's taxonomy model would help explain this scope creep. And if you are listening to this, please see the visual of this um, explanation of this model that accompanies what I'm about to say. It is also included in the show notes. In the first edition here, The level of creation, analysis, and evaluation needs to be extended to a new level. The goal can no longer be to create, analyze, and evaluate at the level of your class or community values, but instead to create, analyze, and evaluate at the level of all of society across all of history. This sounds insane when you say it at first, of course, but once you realize that it's about leveraging AI to its fullest and pushing its boundaries, it can start sounding less absurd. These skills are likely very different from higher order thinking skills. There's radically more tinkering, observation, and failure required, and it surely will require new methods of teaching in support of it. The second addition is the metacognitive layer, because pretty much all of cognition is already automated and shortcuts to learning and doing hard things will abound, we will need radically more self-awareness about personal growth to have the motivation to learn. And we still need to learn. We need to know things and be able to do things without AI to be fully human. And we need to be able to know and do things to be able to leverage AI itself fully too, especially given its flaws. This is how we can detect errors, hallucinations, and bias. Even more critically, this metacognitive layer helps us tackle challenges that AI doesn't simplify 
down to what is stimulating and instantly motivating, which to my way of thinking is the key to keeping humans involved in forward progress. To provide some name distinction with existing higher order thinking skills, these two layers could be called even higher order thinking skills. More orders. There's another aspect of scope creep that isn't obvious at first glance. And once you integrate metacognition further into all levels, it includes self-regulation of thinking and doing. It's not just about having strong narratives for doing what we do. A lot of other models get rolled up into that metacognitive peak, Maslow's, Bloom's Effective, Psychomotor, SEL, etc. To some degree, I think we're finding this change in how we think about things is already necessary. It is why attention and behavior is becoming such a huge challenge. And prioritizing SEL and self-regulation has become so critical to operating schools today. One way to consider this needed change is that it is a reintegration of these disparate models or aspects of these models into human development. We can likely no longer look at them as separate things. Bloom's isn't the only model for higher order thinking either. The 21st century skills movement is also a model worthy of some inclusion. It was itself developed for responding to the threat of automation. Yet at a basic level, it too emphasizes skills that have been automated and offer limited comparative advantage for humans over AI. AI is more creative, collaborative, communicative, etc. than the average human already, but the latter of which is particularly concerning with respect to jobs, as you see preferences emerging for AI to replace humans due to these abilities. Worse, it is far more productive and flexible than pretty much all of us. For this model to remain relevant, each skill needs to be adjusted to an even higher level and wrapped up in metacognition to help learners understand why they are so important. Perhaps again, renaming can help us. Something like mid-century skills might do the trick here. And again, it's kind of fun. So what should be automated? What do all these modified orders tell us about what to automate in education? One simplistic logic you could apply is that if AI can perform a skill, it can likely teach and assess it quite well too. Also, well-established AI can personalize instruction, at least in the way personalization is commonly referred to, across large classes better than a human ever could too. Given that This refers to pretty much all of Bloom's unmodified and all of the traditional subjects of math, science, English, etc. within it. This strategy would really free teachers to focus on even higher order thinking skills. And in some ways, this would be a good thing. As we mentioned, there's real urgency here. But this is obviously not possible, nor surely even desirable. We need teachers' human powers of observation at all levels of education. We need their help to personalize in ways that reflect the whole human and the whole context, not just provide an adaptive learning experience. So some lower order things should be taught by and with humans, especially when teachers are deeply passionate about the subject. The interest and choice of teachers should be reflected in these decisions too. But maybe what we can do is gain enough time back to focus teachers on leveled cognition. We need to figure out how to teach these new skills. It will require new methods of instruction, 
and it very much will require participation by a knowledgeable human to help students find the limits of AI. An interesting opportunity opens up, though, when you look at the metacognitive layer. As noted before, AI can aid metacognition when prompted properly. This presents the opportunity to automate the development of many aspects of metacognition and self-regulation. This is a promising insight, especially because of the magnitude of the task. To produce radically more self-awareness, we need radically more reflection and a coach that helps you be more aware than ever before. We need a coach that helps you understand how you feel and helps you generate more and more motivating goals. Practically speaking, this also might be one of the best ways to prove learning has occurred. There'll be no shortcuts at all. The scale of this would likely be impossible for teachers to address. And AI can do this with appropriate shaping of its goal, of course. So automating it is really our only hope. And this has us thinking about how to do this in our technology development plans. There are many answers to the question of what to automate and very likely many good answers. But the key for us as humans, though, is adaptability. As long as we can find a way to be adaptable, we can keep scope creep under control and meet the needs of our very near future. I hope you enjoyed another break from our regular format this week. This is the last one, I promise. I'll be back next week with an all-new conversation with an all-new guest. Now that we're in our 20s here in the show, meaning we've made it through episode 20 and now we're going beyond, I am busy preparing for next level topics and guests that reach way beyond our own comfort zone and anything we've done or thought about before. So then we can really start to break open the mystery of human flourishing in education, at home, at work, everywhere. So it's all coming, everything, you name it, you can hold me to it. But for now, I'm interested in knowing what you think about today's topic, scope creep. You can let us know by leaving a comment on Substack if you are a subscriber. Like I said earlier, that is, you can subscribe at theoptimalist.substack.com. You can also leave a review in Apple Podcasts, and you can reach me on Twitter at scandela9. The hashtag, hashtag optimalist, can be used also on Twitter or Instagram when posting answers to questions or commenting on something from the show or something you've read in the newsletter. Uh, and I'll be sure to see it. I promise. Um, if you use that tag on anything that you want to say to us, I personally can also be reached always at Sarah at getengageable.com. Just for reference, anywhere where my name is seen, it is Sarah without an H. I don't think I've ever said that before. Now I'm saying it. You can listen and subscribe to the Optimalist podcast wherever you love listening to great podcasts. New episodes are released every Wednesday and links to all of the resources that we've mentioned in today's episode are available in the show notes. The Optimalist podcast is brought to you by Engageable, which is the only app that gives you the mindful pulse that you need for doing better. And it's free. Create an account today at getengageable.com or by downloading Engageable on any iOS or Android device. You can also follow us at Get Engageable on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening to The Optimalist today. I'll be back next week with an all-new conversation, just as promised. Until then, 
stay engaged.